Hey y'all, welcome back to the Regenerated Life Podcast. I feel like it has been forever since we've gotten to hang out with you guys. Um, about two weeks ago, we recorded Rock and Bottom, the first episode of this podcast. And my goodness, we have been overwhelmed um, by the responses, by the messages, by the feedback, just by the pure love and support that you guys have shown us has really been overwhelming. Um, our goal here is just to, um, you know, give Jesus all the glory, share um, our stories, the you know, the tools and the just the things that the Lord has showed us over the over the last seven, um, eight years um, that have really helped us come to where we are now. So tonight, me and Jacob are here again uh, together, ready to just pick up where we left off and and share our hearts. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, I think I left off where I had just gotten to meet Kaylee, okay? If y'all have not listened to Rock Bottom, you'll want to go back um, and listen to that. Um, but I left off where I just met Kaylee, okay? My daughter, who I had given up for adoption in my addiction, um, I was, you know, I, I got to meet her about three months after graduating the recovery program. And during this time, I start building a relationship with not only her, but my other children. Um, the Lord granted me a really sweet, sweet, sweet job. After meeting Kaylee, I came on as a staff member at the recovery center that I went through. Um, I, you know, I think I'd share with you guys that I had took the servant leadership position, which means I worked in the recovery center, helped love on all those girls, helped the staff with needs. This was my way of giving back for one full year with no pay. Okay. The hands down the best job I ever had. I didn't get paid a dime, but I was, my heart was so fulfilled. During this time, I want to I wanna share a little tidbit with y'all. I had on my, I lived at the recovery center. I always like to say I'm the longest rehabber there ever was because I lived there forever. I, I said, I'm not leaving. You can't kick me out. Um, I actually did that set, told a jailer the same time, thing in jail one time. They tried to literally, um, and I'm chasing squirrels right now, and y'all learn that's what I do. Um, but I was in jail one time, and fun fact, they tried to discharge me, and I told them I could not leave. Like, don't let me out. I don't want to go. And they actually kept me another month. Then they called my papa to come get me, and he came and got me. <laughs> so I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm taking you home. I was like, wow. Anyways, um, but during my time at the recovery center, Damascus Way, um, I had, I, I, you know, I lived in the facility, and I had this quote that I hung on my door. And it's a C.S. Lewis quote, and it, it says, A woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him to find her. So during this time, you know, I'm going through a divorce. And I told the Lord, like, Lord, if I am ever to marry again or date again, like, you're literally going to have to run him slap dab into me. Like, there is no way I am going through this again, period, you know. So I had that quote on my door, and I stood on that quote, um, and it really sustained me for a long time. So I'm working at the recovery center. They bring me on as a staff member. Let, let, me, let me tell you all something that happened during this time. As soon as I became a staff member, they sent me to get a um, background check. I go to the police station in Columbus, Georgia, get to the police station, and fill out my paperwork, sit down, 
And I, I thought, man, it sure has taken a long time. Like, what is taking these people so long to run a background check? Your nerves are already tore up. You know, you're just out of recovery. You've been in and out of jail for years. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. This sweet white-haired man came out, and he's like, Miss you know, Amerson at the time still. And I said, yes. He said, go ahead and put your hands behind your back. And I said, what? You know, all I'm thinking is, Lord, like, no way am I going back to jail. Sure enough, he was like, you've got warrants in three different counties. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And honestly, y'all, I didn't remember. These were charges I could, I didn't remember I even had. That goes with the, um, you know, the act of being in active addiction for years. Like, you don't remember what you went to jail on, what charges you have. You know, you're just, um, you're not clear-headed out there. So, I said, okay, all right. So at the time, we had this sweet woman that's very dear to mine and Jacob's heart, Meemaw. She just passed away from cancer. I called up there to the recovery center. I kept blowing the phone up, and I was like, somebody get Meemaw. You know, and I called. When she got on the phone, she's like, what's going on? And she told me after, she said, I knew they done locked your butt up. <laughs> I said, come down here to Columbus Police Department. Get my car. Um, my brother had given me a car, actually. I, I didn't have a car right out of recovery, but my brother and um, his wife at the time blessed me with a car. So, you know, I had my little car down there and I said, you've got to come get my car. I'm going to jail. Well, I went to Harris County first, um, got to Harris County jail. And it's, uh, it's funny because um, Miss, Miss Hunsinger, who if you listen to the first one, you, you've heard me talk about her sweet Southern woman. I mean, I don't know many people who love Jesus more than her. Um, I hadn't even got dressed out, y'all. If you know the, if you know the way it works when you come into jail, you get you go to the holding cell, you get dressed out in your um, dress out clothes, your jumper, you know, orange, white, whatever, whatever color it is. Get your shower shoes. You get an invitation list of who is shower shoes. We'll come back to that. Jacob's laughing. I'll tell y'all why. I was institutionalized for quite some time and, and had to wear sh- shoes in the shower for a long time. Um, so anyways, I had not even filled my card out yet for, for visitation. And you got to have the card. I mean, there's a system in the jail of how it works. So you don't get visitation until your card's filled out. It goes in the system. It's approved, blah, blah, blah. Within 30 minutes of me being in there, I, they said, Amerson, that's my name at the time, You've got a visitor. I said, wait, what? I get a visitor? You know, I'm like, this isn't how it usually goes. They're like, come over, you know, come to the window. Miss Hunsinger, honey. And I start crying. She said, suck it up. I got you some money on your books. You get back there and you bring us some girls back to the center. I said, yes, ma'am. And it's like instantly the Lord just gave me strength. Because all I could think about was, I went through all this stuff, Lord. Like, you have took me through all of this to bring me back here. And I wrote this quote down, and and I want to say this. It says, don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. And he told me that. He really did. So I said, yes, ma'am. I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to go back here, and I'm going to tell others about Jesus and about recovery. And as soon as I walked through um, the back dorm, there's a girl sitting at the top of the stairs. I'll never forget. And she said, "Uh uh-uh. What are you doing here? I thought you were doing good. And I said, I am. She said, why are you in here? She said, I was following you on Facebook before I got here. You've been doing so good. I said, I have not relapsed, Ashley. Her name was Ashley. And um, I said, I'm fine. And then there were some other girls I knew in there, and I just came right in. 
got on the kiosk, started emailing folks. I knew the whole drill. I'm like, y'all, I'm in jail. I'm in Harris County, you know. Um, but during that season, y'all, I went to three different county jails and brought back three different girls to the recovery center. They actually beat me back. I was calling collect to Meemaw, and they're like, girl, I can't wait to see you. So it was really, really sweet. One of the jailers in the jail was like, are you the girl getting all these girls in rehab? I was like, yeah, and we're going to get as many as we can. So the Lord blessed that time. But I um, went to jail, finally got out about a month later. And, um, yeah, I was there for about a month. And when I got out... Um, y'all heard us talk about Midtown Coffee House. Mike and Angie, who are very, very dear to my heart, they're like my parents, seriously. They're my spiritual parents. They're, they really just swooped me in and took me under their wing. Um, I worked part-time at their coffee shop, okay, at the time. And um, they had keys to an apartment at Wildwood Apartments in Columbus. See, I had always had this dream. I never got to go to college and have a dorm or apartments or things like that. And I always longed to like experience that life. So the Lord is in the business of, of like granting us all the desires of our heart. And I always said I'd love to stay in a Victorian um, apartment, like an old-timey Victorian apartment in Columbus. Like there's always so many of those. Downtown, there's some really pretty ones. And um, I always had that desire. Sure enough... I had the keys to an old Victorian, beautiful um, apartment when I got out, and I just could not believe it. The owners of the apartment were super amazing, godly couple who really just spoke life into me, too. Um, it, it was all God. It really was. So, got out, started where they still hired me at the recovery center after my jail, like, you know, Escobade, and um, I got my apartment. And this begins a season of really being pruned and sifted and really focusing in on a season of singlehood. I didn't have my children living with me. I literally will spend the next four years of just being, I don't know, I, not isolated from the world, but the Lord isolated me in a way where I worked solely on myself to be the person I am today. So I'm going to stop right there for a second. And Jacob, you're going to pick up, I guess, where you had just got to the recovery center and walked in. And I guess share a little bit there and I'll come back to this. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Sure. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, last episode, I was just telling you guys about the bearded man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zeke is his name. And he was, um, so I, I get to the recovery center, like I said, and and um, Zeke, he just just ushered me right in with, it was just the Lord working through him, uh, just breaking walls down in my heart, um, showing me that, uh, he loved me and, and he would go above and beyond, um, even just more than I could imagine. Um, and put, he just put people in my life and I, I didn't even know who they were, but yeah. they just, just like you said, speaking life into me and uh, even just from day one. Mm -hmm. And so I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I went back in there and uh, I just, you know, put my stuff back there and just, just nervous. Um, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. I had, uh, the good thing was, is, you know, my, my, my brother actually was working at the mission and he worked over in the, in the warehouse part. And I, uh, 
you know, when, when you first get there, you're, you're in the first phase for about uh, 90 days actually. And, uh, so your, 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 your mind has been, my mind was so, you know, warped and, and caught up in the ways of the world and myself. And I just was really selfish and, and, um, I just, just trying to talk myself out of everything, you know, trying to find a way out, uh, uh, even though I was there, you know, I was still trying to find a way out. So just, you know, the first day was, was just kind of, was tough for me. I, I just sat there, you know, in the room in there in like the bonus room, whatever, with, by myself pretty much, just kind of, just what trying to figure this thing out. Like, what am I doing? I don't even know what to do. Like, but I'm here and uh, just all kind of emotions and things are going on inside me. I didn't know what to do. I, I, uh, but anyway, I, I, I meet this guy and his name's Daniel. And uh, he's like the house guy there at the time. And uh, he's in the program too. And he's, I remember him being one of the first, first faces I ever, I see back there in the back room, you know, where, where all the bunk beds and the shower and all that was, he's back there cleaning all that stuff up, yeah. you know, and uh, he kind of just sat it's down. It's like dorm room. Yeah, it's like a dorm, you know, back there. And um, he, he kind of just sat down, he was sweeping or something and he just sat down and just started talking to me and it just kind of. It made me feel better, you know, and uh, I didn't know him from, you know, Adam. I didn't know him from anybody, you know, and he uh, definitely uh, just, I don't know, it just was something about him. He just had the sweetest spirit, and I just was like, okay, and I, I started talking, you know. I didn't I didn't know what to say exactly, but I just started talking back to him. Whatever he'd say to me, I'd just answer and ask him a question, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that kind of broke the ice a little bit the first day, but uh, then from – <clears throat> from there on out we started you know when you're in the program over there you you go to work at the warehouse or in the kitchen or you know at the front desk or you do security and do all that kind of stuff and that's kind of where um what I started doing you know I, um still just kind of detoxing off of off of drugs and, and all that and uh but I uh, just taking it one day at a time I, I get to get a chance to go over next door I think they may have been a little hesitant to let me over there at first because you know my brother worked over there and stuff and I, I don't know retail it, store it, yeah and I don't know if uh if that was a good th- I guess they didn't know that was a good thing or not I'm not sure exactly but anyway they let me over there and uh man I in the morning time we'd go over there and and they start praying and stuff and and we would all get in the circle and start praying before we ever started working you know and and I uh this was a time um about a week or two had gone by Actually, probably probably two or three weeks had gone by, and I had been going in that warehouse, and it's it's a dirty old warehouse, and I went over in there and got in them clothes, and I humbled myself and uh, and started folding clothes and just taking bins and doing boxes and all that, and I got I, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, you know, uh, and uh, they let you have a little smoke break and stuff, a couple of them during the day, and I I just remember one day I just I just couldn't stop crying. You know, I just, the Lord was just working on my heart and just, I, I can't even really explain it, but, you know, you know I, uh, this, this one particular time, I can just remember, I couldn't get in front of, I couldn't be around everybody. I just had to go around behind the back mm-hmm. and I just went where nobody could see me. And I just, I really broke down, you know, and I, and I just really was being honest with, with him and just telling, I told him, okay, here. This I'm done. This is my life. This is your life. Have your way, and you're the potter, and I'm the clay. 
and just mold me and just do whatever you want to do. And I just told him like that. I just screamed it and I just was bawling. And, I, and man, I just I never felt his love like that before. And he just poured out on me that day back there. And I just, I, I, I think I cried for about two days straight. I just had that much built, built up in me, you know, and there was way more. <laughs> but I just remember for crying for like two, two or three days. And, and, and every time I get around someone, they'd be like, you're all right, man. I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know, but I'm here, you know, like I, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I, I had no clue what was going on in my life, but um, I stuck it out. And my brother would come along there. I'm glad he was there. I'm glad God put him there because he'd come along and, and just, you know, encourage, encourage me and, and, uh, and help me. And, um, yeah, I, it was good to be able to have Daniel there at that time. And, and um, so I did, it. I did about three months in the, in the first phase there. And, and, um, I uh, actually got to start working in the, uh, and at the front desk over there on the, uh, I don't know, what's that side called? Oh, this is called the MOTS. So no, but what is that? Uh, administration. Administration, yeah. yeah. So I got to work in the administration desk, and, and people come in, you know, on that side of the MOTS Center and, and get food. They give away food and, and just help help the community. You're the face when people come in. So it's a big deal to be at that front desk because the people see you first, you know, and Jacob's spirit, as y'all can tell, is very tender and, um, he's just, I couldn't imagine them not putting you in, in admin because you have a heart for people. Well, they let me sit over there and I was going to say that, uh, you know, they have a little food pantry on the side and, uh, I go in there in the morning, the first thing in the morning and, uh, they, they were showing me that, you know, we got to fill up all these bags with food and all that. And it just, it just was really humbling to, to see that, that, yeah. you know, people were doing this for homeless people and. And not just homeless people, but people whoever needed it, you know. Yeah, it and I never really five kids. Yeah, came yeah, up. come in there and you, they just give it what they need, you know. And, and just how God just provided that for people, it just it blew me away. It really humbled me, and uh, I'm appreciative of it, you know. I, I I was really a proud person, but I'd get over there in that in that uh, in that closet, and uh, see during the day you you go through. Um, there you would you would in the morning you would have a devotion mm-hmm. in the chapel and then you'd go to work and then on like three days a week or something like that yeah. I think, I think. And I, I just remember them just we would just have devotion and miss hunsinger would come in there and man when she would come man i mean there wouldn't no be a, there'd be a dry in the whole place. She and, tells stories like oh, nobody. Man, I've never heard anybody tell a story. Yeah, like her. You know, like, we have to have her come. Man, on this I podcast. just I would just weep and weep yeah. and 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 I'd get over there in that closet and I'd just be telling Jesus, you know, I'm I'm so sorry for all the things I've ever done and I just and anyway anyway I got to work over there and but one day <laughs> I don't know about two and a half months in or so right before it was my turn to go to. Uh, to Crossroads, the second phase of the, of the program, um, <laughs> this lady walks in, and uh, it was Michelle. <laughs> and she walked to the front desk out there, and I think she had like to give a check or something. And I'm tell you what, man, I was I've never been a nervous person, you know, <laughs> really. But when she walked through them doors, and I know like, I look a hot mess. Okay, I'm telling you what, I <laughs> I, was, I couldn't say a word. Like, I I couldn't say a, I was. Uh, 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 I, could, I didn't know what to say, 
you know, and when she came over there, I don't think she did either. No, and I was scared when she got over there, it was just like, uh, I mean, it was like the Lord was like, I'm putting her in your life. Yeah. And I did. I didn't know what or why or any of that. I w- that was the last thing I was thinking about. You know, I wasn't thinking about her for sure, you know. <laughs> and anyway, she came into my life that day. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, any, yeah. Let me back up a little bit since we got here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, okay, let me tell y'all how this happened. So, <laughs> okay. I'm living at Wildwood Apartments, living my best life, working at the coffee shop. Like, <laughs> this is my dream job, too, y'all. Like, I always said I wanted to work at a bookstore and or a coffee shop. Like, that was a big deal. When I – so, I'm working at the recovery center, dream also, and then a coffee shop, okay? Because I'd found such a community at Midtown Coffee. This is a Christian-ran coffee shop with the most amazing people. So amazing that a lot of times – you know, I was coming out of recovery, so I didn't trust people. Y'all got to remember, like, my our minds are so brainwashed that the world is so dark. There's so many good people in this shop that come in every day. Like, the culture there is just so different. Um, the, the employees that I literally would think, are they being nice or, like, being weird? Like, are they being, is this real life? Like, I could not get over it. And their sense of humor was a little different for me, you know, and I just, like, okay, I can dig this. Like y'all are really cool and y'all really love Jesus and y'all really, y'all really do love me. So I, um, was working there. Um, like I said, um, living at the apartments and I was so content. Um, I really just kept, and I, I took my, um, C.S. Lewis quote with me. Okay. A woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him to find her. <laughs> So I was, you know, living in the apartments by myself, um, still clinging to that C.S. Lewis quote that I told y'all about earlier. I literally took that sheet of paper from my um, my little dorm room at the recovery center with me to Wildwood. Um, a woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him to find her. I literally, you know, prayed with uh, all the women from the center came and prayed over that apartment and prayed that that quote over me that I would literally just be so sustained in the Lord that I would not look outside of him. Um, you know, literally I told Jesus, you're going to have to run him slap dab into me because I'm not looking and, um, you're going to have to show me that I know that I know that I know. So here we are at, um, at a meeting okay this is about this time all right let me tell you this we have a capital campaign going on to help rebuild a new well not rebuild but build to fund a new shelter because recovery also had a shelter wing which was really tough having people that lived in shelter that could come and go with their children out of the building and also having a recovery side where these people were in-house long term you know just having those two programs in the same building were not it wasn't it didn't work the best I mean it worked for many years but you know it was time to separate the two um, and Miss Hunsinger had actually dreamed y'all we're going to get her on here uh, I'm claiming that in the name of Jesus right now because y'all have to meet Miss Hunsinger you just have to um, so I'm, y'all pray that she will agree to come so Miss Hunsinger had literally the Lord gave her a vision of the the shelter she took it to the board and 
she took it to him again and she took it to him again and the, the Lord would wake her up in the middle of the night and she'd draw out more blueprints. She'd draw out the, the everything about it. And finally they said, okay, we've got to raise the money. So we started a capital um, million dollar capital campaign. Well, we have our first meeting and, you know, we're all coming together, all the staff from the men's center, the women's center, like everybody that works for Valley Rescue Mission, okay? And um, I'm sitting up front. I'm super excited. I'm a staff member now. I'm like, I am here to support this. We're going to raise all this money. And we did, praise the Lord, we did get it and we did build that center. Um, but that that day we were sitting there and Miss Hunsinger came in and she sat down beside me and she said, Whew. She said, there's a cutie up there named Jacob that told me to tell you, hey, no, let me back up and tell you guys, everybody that knew me knew that I was not going to date. Don't talk about boys. I was not hearing it, okay? Um, everybody at the coffee shop knew the same thing. Don't date. I don't want to flirt. Don't boys flirting at me at the register down there. Like, I don't want to hear it. So I was like, what? And she's like, there is a boy here. His name is Jacob, and he saw you on the news because they had did a little story on me about addiction on the local TV news, and she said, he, he knows you. He told me to tell you, hey, I said, I, I, don't know, I don't know what Jacob you're talking about. Well, I was thinking for a second, like, well, who in the world could this be? But we got started with a meeting and went about my business. Well, about that time, Jacob walks in, and I look at her, and I said, Jacob Harris is in recovery? You know, I had no clue Jacob had even went down this road or what had happened. I had not seen Jacob since we all hung out together back in the Milltown days. We all partied together a little bit. So I, I was blown away. I was more blown away at the, the very minute I saw him that he was here. And, y'all, that just goes to show, like, drugs do not discriminate. Like, my mind, we all have different memories of each other. Jacob loved baseball. Jacob was athletic. Jacob, you know, I, I just never seen Jacob going down a really hard road of, of drugs. So I was like, wow, you know. And not only that, his brother was there too, and it shocked me when I saw Daniel. I remember opening my door. He was painting on the on the um, aftercare side, and he was like, hey, girl. I was like, what are you doing? You know, you're in rehab. Like, it, it's mind-blowing, the people you'll see sometimes, you know. So I... um was really shocked to see you and shocked and then the angels in the choir started singing like girl I could not stay in you know we again we all have our our different recollections of a story Jacob will tell you I could not sit still in my seat I kept turning around looking at him like the love bug was hitting me or something you know so I was like oh my gosh well after we got done eating, he, see, Jacob shouldn't have even been in there, y'all. Jacob's on his way to Crossroads, which is out in the country. He's That's where the recovery center is. He's just work, not working, but um, again, he told y'all this. He was working in the admin. They had him over there during the day working at the front desk. He just happened to be there during this time um, where we were having this meeting and Miss Rhonda the CEO at the time had asked Jacob hey come on in and get you something to eat because they were serving dinner a breakfast breakfast yeah big old breakfast so he came and sat in on this meeting Jacob should have never been in the meeting y'all that is only the divine appointment of Jesus so I'm turning around my seat every five minutes and I, I tell Miss H I was like I cannot believe he is here so can I go talk to him because y'all this is a big role and it still is Guys and girls do not talk to each other in recovery and the different programs. You don't communicate. You got to focus on yourself. You know, all the things they don't, we don't want the girls flirting with the guys and being distracted, distracting the men. They're really trying to get their bearings and not be, you know, not be focused on the girls. You know, you got to focus on yourself. So 
I was, you know, I said, can I at least say hey? Because I've known Jacob for a long time, so that was really special to see him there. So she said, "Go, yeah, go, go." And she was like, "Go, go, say hey to him." I didn't know what she was going to tell me. You know, I expected her to say no, to be honest. But I came up and gave you a hug, and and really, we just knew y'all. There's no way of. Um, we we I remember us telling your mom like the angels in the choir stood up and say hallelujah. We were like, oh my goodness. So. We hugged, and I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, you're going to love this program. It's the best program ever. And um, he was like, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'll, I'll be going out to Crossroads soon. But I didn't know how soon he would be going to Crossroads. I knew from the time Jacob left the Mott's, he had nine months or so, give or take, out at Crossroads. So a few days go by. I'd say a few weeks go by, and I'm at the coffee shop, and Mike and Angie at the time, um, wanted me to send down and go donate something to the mission. So I come in and um, I was like, there's no way I'm going to see him here. They're not going to, he's still not going to be here. They've already shipped him off down the road, you know. Um, but sure enough, now I come in, a messy bun, been working all day long. I felt like I looked horrible. I They were um, selling flowers out in the front. And I didn't see him out there. I said, well, he's probably not here. Okay, I didn't want to see him looking like I was. But I was already shaking to death, thinking, just thinking if I did see him. Well, I walked in, and sure enough, at the front desk was Jacob Harris, still. I was like a deer in headlights. I couldn't talk. My throat was closing up. I was scared to death. And um, I was like, um, can you buzz me to the back, you know? <laughs> He was like, yeah. And, you know, I could sit here and try to replay exactly how this scenario went, but we both were just like, didn't know what to say. Um, I gave him a hug, you know, and just said, you know, hey, maybe I'll see you when you get done, you know. And um, he went on to do his program. I ran into him a few times. I think I seen you twice in the store, and then y'all came an event, yeah, actually three times I think we got to see each other. You came down to the uh, recovery center one time. Y'all were helping move some stuff because at this time we have have the funding for the new building. The new building has been built exactly the way Miss H dreamed it. It was the coolest thing ever, and um, we all got to be a part of that. And Jacob and them, all the guys from Crossroads, they got to help bring in. We had hotels donate, like, whole buildings of furniture. Gave us the whole hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Drawers, dressers, everything. Lamps, everything you need. Yeah. It's awesome. So I did see you that when they, the new shelter that's doing phenomenal and, and runs and houses 56 women and children. So that's just amazing. So. I'll never forget the day that you graduated the program. Miss Hunsinger hadn't, we hadn't said, well, let me back up one real quick. The day that I seen Jacob at um, that capital campaign meeting, I was scheduled to go back into the coffee shop. So I get back down there because I'm working both jobs. I walk in and I said, um, throw my purse down. I said, well, I just seen my husband. And they were like, wait, what? I said, yeah, I just seen my husband. They're like, okay, where is he? I said, he's in rehab. He's going to rehab. He'll be out in about a year. And then we're, we're getting married. God just told me this. They're looking at me like I've lost my mind, but I knew it to be true. So as soon as nine months go by, however long, I'm sitting, I'll never forget, um, again, I'm sitting in my office at the recovery center 
And um, Miss H walks by my office, and she said, Thursday nights is always graduation night. Now, I knew in the back of my mind, this is around the time you should be graduating, but I'm not sure. And um, so uh, it's a Thursday night, and she walks by my door, and she always speaks at the graduations, and she said, somebody is graduating Crossroads tonight. His name may be Jacob Harris. And I said, really? Well, that is interesting, you know. And um, sure enough, after Jacob graduated, he called me, and we went to dinner. And really, the rest is history from there. Um, is that how you recall it? <laughs> Especially the turn around the seat part. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, that's Jacob's way. I didn't remember it like that, but Jacob says I literally was breaking my neck. He thought he was going to get in trouble. He's like, girl, quit looking at me like, oh, my gosh, he's scared to death, you know. He's not even supposed to be in there, and here I am breaking my neck trying to see, like, is he looking over here at me because I'm looking at him, you know. But, you know, we started dating, and it was really um, – it was a little tough at first because during this time, y'all, I've been single for about three and a half, almost four years. And I thought I was just healed from all the things. Like, I just thought, I am whole. I am um, I am ready to date and, and be healthy and whole in this relationship. But let me tell you something. The dating, marriage, everything will bring out any little bit of, um, pruning or refining that you need and it will any insecurities that I thought I had um, really gotten over I really hadn't gotten over all those things yet I didn't ha my trust was not really that great in the beginning um, and we had some bumps in the road my goodness did we any anything you want to pick up right here you were living at your brother's so yeah, you well, moved I, well, I didn't tell him about recovery or anything, but yeah. Yeah, I, go ahead. You back up because I got a little further ahead uh, of us. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I go through the program, you know, in, in uh, six months and a lot of cool stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, found what I've been looking for. I didn't know it and the whole time. It was Jesus. Well, he found me. He found me. And, because uh, I was, you know, I was lost. I was lost in, in my sin and, and and all that. But he, he made me new. And, uh, he did. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, so, Go, going forward <laughs> um, to me and Michelle and, and our relationship, uh, you know, I had just recently been divorced, so I, I wasn't really looking for to get married or, you know, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted, what I was going to do. You know, I had really no plan. Um, I had gotten a um, Mark and, and Scott had come to the, the house out there at Crossroads right before I graduated and, and offered me a job. So I had a job, you know, right after, right out of recovery. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still having to learn to do how to do life sober. So yes. I, uh, 
I, actually, they they offer you a third a third phase, which is a third phase part of the program where you can stay. You know, once you've graduated, yeah. yeah, and um, the program you can you can stay um, for three more months and uh, rent free, and they'll feed you and everything. You have to be in at a certain time, and yeah. and um, you you need to get yourself a job and, and try to save your money and and, and kind of get going, you know, again. So that's what I, I started to do. And um, aftercare is so important. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's an awesome um, thing that they let you do there. And uh, so I, I stayed back in the in the in the back back there is what they call it the back. Oh, <laughs> back is that what y'all call it? Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, there's a little there's a hallway back there, and it's got you know six, five or six rooms in it, and you can you know one of them's got a it's a big room like a bonus room with a bunch of bunk you beds and, and stuff. Yeah, well, there's another one back, and then there's like four more back there, um, with with like bunk beds and stuff, you know, and, and yeah. showers in between and and stuff. So you when you get off work or get through doing whatever you need to do during the day you come back and yeah. you have a, a safe place to stay and yeah um yeah that that was really awesome time back there too um but uh so i had a job when i got out and and uh, stayed there for about three months and my brother had uh, been living at a house with three other guys and well two other guys no actually it was three david was getting ready to move out and so I, it was just like the lord would just ushered me right in he did he just ushered me right in there yeah. um into that little room there that they had and and um and uh but all that time me and michelle were dating and and uh we were just you know trying to figure all that out and uh, it was really great i actually had to go out to uh colorado what was it twice yes i had to go out there twice to face charges yeah i gotten in trouble um out there and uh, my license was suspended you know i didn't i didn't know what was going to happen because i just kind of ran from that so i um went back out there and i I, i've been praying about a lot and um the lord was just like go and so i just i'll tell you guys what happened I, i just literally um saved up all my checks and uh put them in I'd put them in my duffel bag and I wouldn't even cash them mostly because mm-hmm. I, I I had about four or five checks saved up and I enough to get a plane ticket and stuff and I when I had enough to get a plane ticket I just heard him say go and so I just went like I didn't know what I didn't know if I was gonna come back I didn't know what you, you know you didn't have a plan of uh, transportation <clears throat> this is when, when I was living there. at the mott this is when yeah. I was living at the mott I didn't I didn't know I didn't have a plan I just went because he said go and I all right, I get out there. I, I get yeah, this on the, is wild. <clears throat> yeah, I get out there. Uh, I get to the airport. Uh, get a, get a, get out to Colorado and Denver. The place I got in trouble is in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. Like literally, you can't see. It's I seventy, and that's it. I mean, it's Colorado doesn't have much except for in the city. You know, in the in the few cities it has. Um, other than that, there's nothing out there. It's yeah. it's, it's beautiful. But there's really nothing out mm-hmm. there, but land. So I, I, I uh, of course, I had the address to the the little jail or whatever the little, pla- the little uh, county jail out there where I'm supposed to go. And and uh, <laughs> so I get off the I, I get off the airplane. It's like three in the morning, out there. And uh, there's about two cab drivers out there. And I'm like, Lord, all right, what do I? I guess I just get me a cab and go. And, it's, and the place I'm going is about two hours away from the airport, back the opposite way. Oh my gosh. So I get in this cab with this guy, and I just, I, I actually, 
I just start talking about Jesus to him. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, and we just actually became friends and, and talked to each other for about a year after Afterwards, this. Yeah, I yeah. sent him all kind of cool stuff, books, and he sent me, you know, pictures, pictures and stuff. And um, anyway, so he takes me out there and, and just kind of just drops me off. And it's about 5 o'clock in the morning, still dark, and I just walk up to the thing, and, and you go inside, and there's it's like a ghost town in there. There's nobody in there. And uh, lights are on. I go up to the and I I, I walk through to I, to a steel door with a glass a little window, and I'm like, man, there's nobody here. <laughs> of course, I'm like, all right, I need to get out of here. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but then I'm like, no, I gotta <laughs> I gotta go through with this because I'm all the way out in Colorado now, you know, mm-hmm. with no ride, no nothing, no. I'm just it's you and me, God, and and uh, so there's a button on the wall, I remember, and I was like. Okay, and it had a little note on top of it, you know, press the button for service yes. or whatever, and I hit it, and, just, and the, wait a minute, and nothing, and I hit it again, and the guy comes back, yeah, can I help you? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I, uh, this is going to sound weird, but uh, I'm really, I'm here to turn myself in, <laughs> and I'm like, From and he's Georgia. like, yeah, no, no, yeah, and he's like, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, and I, he said, okay, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, my name is Jacob here. I told him my name. And uh, he's like, uh, where are you from? I told him all the information. And he's like, all right, hold on just a minute. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there, you know, it's real quiet. And there's just me. It's like crickets in there, you know. Yeah. And then Spending I'm, like, I'm, think, I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Here we go. Like, okay. And then he comes back over the thing and it goes, beam. He goes, uh, we don't have any record of you being here. And I'm like, <laughs> on the inside, I'm going, yes. You no, know, you like, better check again. Buddy. I was like, then I thought, think, get real now. I was like, no, no, man, look again. You know, <laughs> I don't, ain't no telling what that guy was thinking, but then he, he goes, okay, hold on one second. And he said, do you have your ID with you? And I was like, I don't know if I have, it. I think I had it. You did have an yeah, ID. And he, yeah. He got it. And then, it, then I heard the infamous, <laughs> the, the key and the door open, you know. And, and the like, okay, the it just got G1. real. Like it yeah. just really got real yeah, for real. You're about to... I didn't know what, you know, how long, who, what, because I, I had ran people off the road. I had yeah, flipped you had a big me rig. Too. Like I, I don't had, know how long I'll be out here when I get out here. Yeah, all this stuff. And uh, but man, God's favor was just—he mm. was so all over. He told me to go, and I, I know he did. And so I just went. Whatever happened, I faced consequences because yeah. I, I made those choices. But I, so I, I get in there, and man, I'm, I must be like the happiest guy at five in the morning at this point in the jail, I- anywhere probably. Yeah. And there, you know, because the last time I was in there, I was not. I was quite the opposite, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But um, yes. this time I was like, okay, I'm here, and, uh, you know, whatever it is, it is. And yeah. um, I remember giving them all my, I had a little, I had a backpack with some clothes in it. That was about it, yeah. you know, and some money and, and stuff. And, I remember handing it over to him, and I had my Bible in there, this one that my brother gave me. And uh, and they put me in the little hole. So they say, hey, look, we don't know when you're, you know, court. We don't know. We ain't got a clue. It probably, it may, who knows? And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, just can I have my Bible? And they are like, yeah. yeah. So I go in the little holding cell there, and you know, I'm just, you know, it's probably about 8 or 9 o'clock. And I, I end up falling asleep, and I wake up about uh, to a knock on the door. And they're like, Mr. Harris? I'm like, yeah. Well, yes, sir. And they're like, uh, you ain't going to believe this, but you got a, you got a hearing at 10 o'clock this morning. Wow. And I was like, wow, okay. All right, cool. What time is it? <laughs> and they're like, you got an hour or something. I'm like, all right, okay. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm nervous, but I, you know, whatever I'm going. it is. 
And so I, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around. I go out there with the rest of these. There's about four or five other guys. Yeah. I think there's like four other guys. And they're with me, you know, and they're, they're facing things, charges and yeah. stuff too. And, um, I just remember being like, um, there's like t- two, three, three men in front of me speaking to the judge, telling them, telling him what, you know, what and why. And mm-hmm. he asked, okay, what, do, you know, he's going to ask them, uh, okay, what's going on with you? <laughs> and why do, why should I let you out or why, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the first guy tells them, well, I've, went to rehab and, and, uh, but he ended up drinking and getting put back in there. He's like, no, you're going to jail, back to jail. Boom. Second guy. I can't even remember exactly what he said. You're going back to jail. Boom. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Third guy, he had been fighting in there. He's getting separate, you oh, know, yeah. going He's back to going jail. Nowhere. Boom. Yeah. Then it comes down to me and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> wow. I was, at first I thought jail, jail, jail. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, so, the, but the judge, he just sits there and looks at me and kind of just his whole like face, his whole demeanor changes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, <laughs> Mr. He just kind of smirks and goes, Mr. Harris, uh, <laughs> I heard you, uh, are from Georgia and you came all the way out here, uh, by yourself. And he said, man, how did you even get here? <laughs> He's like, and he's laughing. And I was like, oh man, I, I, you ain't going to believe this. And I just told him everything, you know, and he was like, and I just told him about the, the uh, plane ride and how I just, man, I, well, I had actually, I, the first thing I said, and I took a couple papers with me showing that I had um, completed, you know, rehab and all that. And I said, man, I, I would have been here sooner, but I had a big problem and I uh, needed help. And so I turned myself into a, you know, rehab and, and I, I've been there. That's why I haven't been here for the past year. And he said, okay, wow. And that just kind of, yeah, and then the, he said, do you have any proof of that? And I said, yes, sir. And of course I showed him a couple and the guys vouched for me back here, Mr. Pat and, and uh, Don and all them big yeah, ups. They to them. Wrote, yeah. They wrote letters, letters of recommendation. I appreciate yeah. it. And, um, but, um, and he read all that and he, he just, he just kind of sat there, you know, for a few minutes and just kind of pondering on the whole thing, I believe. And, he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you out for 48 hours and you're going to be back in here on. Yeah. Back. And he said, you're going to be back in here on whatever Monday, whatever. I can't remember what day yeah. it was, but two days from now it's one o'clock. And, um, I expect to see you here. Um, and you, you know, he said, do you know, do you have a lawyer? And I was like, no, I just, <laughs> you know, literally like, no, sir. I, I just, uh, I, I just came out here, man. With I didn't know. I just came to face whatever it is. And he's like, okay. Then he gave me the whole thing about, you know, uh, uh, public defender and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he told me where to go. And it, the, so the place was like 45 minutes away. Cause I remember I said, this is in the middle of nowhere. And, um, so I'm out there and he, he lets me out and I'm like, okay, now what? And I'm just literally, I'm walking by faith and not by sight yeah, at that point. And so I'm, I'm walking down the street. I, he lets me out. I know all I know is I got to be back in two days at before one o'clock and I can't be late yeah. and I need to go get a public defender. And he told me which direction it is. And so I'm like, okay, so I go to this, there's one convenience store in the whole place out there and I go to it and I'm smoking cigarettes, you know? Yeah. So I go and I, Man, I smoke about four on the way, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I get there and and uh, there's there's about 
there's like one or one or two people in the store. I go in the store and like get a cigarette or something and come back out. And I'm, I, while I'm in there though, man. I, yeah. I t- well, I told the I was just talking to everybody, you know. Like I, I, I just had the joy of the Lord no matter what. Yeah. I had it in my heart, you know. And I just was telling people, "Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> talking yeah. to the guy behind the counter, and I told him my story, you know, why I was here and who I was and where I was from, yeah. you know. And anyway, he. I just saw it like his face light up. Well, about two or three people go in and out and I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, how I'm going to get to this place. And this guy walks right out of the store. He's in hunting clothes and he's driving a rental car Yeah. and he walks right out the store and he goes, Hey, you, I said, yes, sir. He said, Hey, get in the car. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is uh, scary. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. And he's, we just start talking and he said, you going down there you need to get to such and such. It's, it's called Castle Rock was the next, okay. town, next town over. It's like almost an hour away. He's like, I'm going that way. Get in. <gasps> and he took me. And, uh, you know, I we started talking now. to him, too, about the Lord and everything. And Anyway, by the time of the, the time I got out of the car, he was trying to give me, like, his food and his <laughs> – we just had a great time in there, yeah. you know. And anyway, he um, he dropped me off at a hotel, and I figured it all out yeah. uh, within the next day and, and stuff and got down to the public defender, came back. And it, it got down to about – about an hour and a half before I had to be back, and I couldn't find a ride. I remember this. Well, I got the cab driver's number. I got the cab driver's number, and I called him, and uh, he's like, man, I'm 30 minutes away. I was like, come on. He's like, all right, and he got me back to the jail. He got me back to the jail. And, uh, like these are angels. Yeah, like, like he like angels. he hooked me up, man. He got me right back, perfect timing. I went in there, and, and the judge, you know, he said um, – you know, you're not probably not even going to have to come back out here. And I said, wow. I, said, uh, I didn't know what to say. And he, he gave me a, a list of things I had to do. Um, anyway, so I kind of ended there, but I, I did have to come back, and I'll pick back up on that another yeah, time. Yeah, that's amazing. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I just flew out there, and he flew me God right back. God lined it all up. Yeah, yeah. I think process. that's a good place for us to stop tonight and just really, um, you know, just know this, guys, like, God's in all the details. Every single hurdle that we've had to jump through, He's literally gave us the hoops to jump through, like gave us the people, lined it up. It's all been divine appointments. So we will pick up um, next time um, and, and really just maybe share more about how, um, you know, we got married and what all that looked like, how God lined that up for us as well. We had the sweetest wedding, and we'll just continue from there and, and just move forward. So thanks again for hanging out with us. And um, Jacob, you want to say anything? Uh, see you next time. See y'all next time. We love y'all so much. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Uh, we want to remind you this podcast is brought to you by Midtown Coffee House. Do good and drink coffee. And we also wanted to uh, just talk about um, and give give thanks to uh, and a big shout out to the Valley Rescue Mission and all the men and the women there that poured into our lives and and helped us along the way of um, our road to recovery um, in those years. And and we're just thankful for them. So thank you. Thank you guys for helping us. (laughs) Thank you, Valley Rescue Mission. Yeah. Yeah. If you find yourself needing help reach out to somebody there are resources out there the valley rescue mission has a women and men's recovery center so um, just know like if you're in the georgia area there is a free recovery center that you can get plugged into yeah thanks guys